Mark 5 verse 21 says this. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around, people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at Jesus' feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. I want to talk about this story this morning because I don't know where you're at in your Christian walk, but I want to talk about the, sometimes we hear about healings taking place and God doing some amazing miracles. And sometimes we think that it's all about an atmosphere where God's presence is stronger than others and it can only happen in certain places. And you sometimes think that actually, if I go and watch God TV or I look at certain things on certain channels or I go here or I go there, that's where I will definitely get healed or this might happen for me. 
But if I'm at my local church or the place where I always go, it doesn't necessarily going to happen there because I have to go to certain places where God will move. And do you know this, the whole of this story is based around one thing that I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning. And after that, I believe God might meet some of your needs this morning in this place. I really do believe it. I don't have to think, is it going to happen? And just know that God can just meet you. It's not about what I've got to say, what I've got to do. All I do is just preach about Jesus and he can do the work. He does the rest. Amen. But the whole of this story comes around one thing, and it's about faith. We all talk about it. We say, we hear many people, even, even in other religions, talking about faith. I've got, I've got this faith. This is my faith. And I want to talk to you this morning about your faith. Because this story is entitled, it says, A Dead Girl and a Sick Woman. There's two people in this story. Two things where Jesus is meeting the needs of two different people with two different things that are wrong. But both of them require faith. And I don't know what you think faith is this morning, whether it's just something that happens to you and you feel good inside. But you know, faith is one of them things that even if you don't feel great inside, it's about believing God when you don't feel that great. Believing for something that you cannot see with your own eyes in reality. So you might say this morning, no, but faith is when I come to church and I just feel that tingling sensation and and I know that something's going to happen. I know that God can meet my need. Let me tell you that sometimes when faith comes and you're filled with faith and you act in faith is when you least feel like it. When you read this story about the synagogue ruler, Jairus, coming to Jesus, when he knows that his daughter is dying, do you think at that time he feels the presence of God all over him and thinks, I know that this is going to happen. But it, all else has failed around him. And he comes to Jesus and says, I know that you can do this. I know that you can heal my daughter. All you have to do is just say the word or go and touch her and she will be healed. And I just love the fact that all, all it is about healing, all it is about your impossible situation this morning, whatever it is, is not about what I have to say. It's not about creating atmospheres. But it's one thing only. It's about your faith coming into action. We know many times that Jesus said that sometimes the miracles couldn't occur in certain places where he went just because there wasn't enough faith. There wasn't enough faith there. And Jesus looks for our faith and action in our faith to say, I believe you, whatever. I'm going to come to you, whatever, because I believe you can do it. And faith is the very thing this morning that attracts God's attention. Let me tell you that. It attracts his attention to respond to you. I don't know where you're at or if you've got a situation or you're sick in your body this morning. And you think, I just, I, I know that God can heal people. I've heard about God touching people. But for me, my problem is far worse. It is far worse than what I know God can do. And you have put God in a box. You said, God, this is, this is the limitation of what you can do. But you know, my problems are far bigger. You don't even want to look at my problems, Lord. You don't even want to look at the, the, the difficulties I'm going through, Lord, because I don't even want to trouble you with them. 
And it's almost as though if you thought, I'm going to bring this to God and tell him really what I want him to do inside, that heaven will shake and there won't even be enough power for you. But let me remind you this morning, God is a God of the impossible. We sung it this morning, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing at all. He says that when it attracted God's attention, Jesus went with Jairus. He went with him. It attracted his attention. He knew that this person, you read in there that Jairus was a synagogue ruler. And let me tell you this morning that you, the synagogue ruler, he would have been a religious man, wouldn't he? He'd have known the scriptures. He would have known a lot of things. He would have been what I believe is high religion. He would have known a lot of things. And sometimes you can know a lot of things about God. You can know the scriptures inside out. You can know that God heals. You can know that he will do all the things he says in the Bible just by reading these things. You can know them very, very much so like we're reading at the moment. But as Jane said this uh, this morning, you need to have both the spirit. You need to know inside your spirit that that which is said in the word is true. Jesus said that those who hear this will believe. And what I love about this story is this, that Jairus has reached the end of his religion. He's reached the end of his knowledge and said, I'm a synagogue ruler. But I know that everything I know, all I know in the, in the knowledge of the scriptures is still not enough. Because I believe that if I come to you, Jesus, you can heal my daughter. It's not about my knowledge anymore. And I want to encourage you this morning that you might be here and say, I know a lot about God. I know a lot about people getting healed. But you really don't know deep down. And you haven't come to Jesus with your problem. Because it's, you think it's too big for him. Jesus says this morning, wants to remind you, just like Jairus, that you sometimes have to go beyond what you know. Because it's not about just the scriptures, not about your knowledge. But he wants to reveal it in your hearts this morning. What's also amazing about this story is this, that faith is contagious. While one miracle's about to occur and Jairus comes and asks and says, will you come and see my daughter? And he says, let's go. And he responds to his faith. He responds to that faith. The moment he does this and the crowds began to follow him to where he was going to perform this miracle that they believed he could do. Right in the midst of all this, another woman appears. Another woman appears who has had a problem for many years of bleeding. We all know this story, don't we? We sing the song like the woman who pressed through with the issue of blood. She pressed through the crowd. And in the midst of this story, in the midst of when they see someone else about to get healed. Someone else about to see an impossible story. An impossible miracle. A dead girl. You can't get sometimes any bigger than that, can you? I mean, you've heard some miracles. And you know that the word of God says this, that in the last times we're going to see some great things. And we're going to see the dead rise. The songs we sing all the time about it. Let me ask you this one, how many times have we seen it? 
For them, this was an amazing thing. For someone to come and believe that the person who was dying could be healed. And I, I want to encourage you this morning that when you're in the midst of faith and you see other things happen, this woman looked and she thought, she must have thought to herself, if he can believe that his daughter who is dying can be healed, how much more can my problem, even though it seems so big an hour ago, that, tw- that for many years I've been suffering, now I believe. If he believes, now I believe. And it's contagious. That's why I encourage you this morning. That's why when you see in healing meetings, people getting healed, God responding to people. When you see one miracle, your faith begins to rise. And you start to think, actually, that which I said I believed, I now believe it because I can see it with my own eyes. And in the midst of this, she must have looked and thought, I believe actually. All these years I've suffered, I believe that if I could only get through the crowd, which it must have been very difficult for her to press through. She didn't just put her hand up like the synagogue rule and say, can I be seen now? Like a doctor's surgery. But she knew that for her it was something a little bit bigger than that. She had to press through the crowd. And I love this story that she did. She began to press through just to touch the hem of his garment. Just to touch him. She thought, if I could just touch him, I will be healed. I know that this thing that I've, has troubled me for years will be gone. Do you know that this? It says this. She had suffered, verse 26, a great deal under the care of many doctors. And had spent all that she had had. And yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. This person is the same, it's the same principle as Jairus. She didn't, she didn't come after spending, uh, knowing all her religion. She come after spending all of her money. She'd reached the end of her money. He says she spent a lot of money. That's probably she spent a lot of money paying for different medicines to try and cure her. And that might be the same for you today. You have spent so much money in, in medication. You spent so much of your own efforts. And you think, I can't, I haven't even got the energy to even believe anymore. And both of these people had reached the end of their own faith, their own struggle. And then out of this, she thinks, ah, but if I only just touch the hem of his garment, it doesn't matter how much money that I've spent. It doesn't matter if I've reached the end of that which I can see in front of me. More money for more medication. I know that if I just touch the hem of his garment, everything will be solved. Everything will be healed inside my body. And she does. She presses through. And when she touches the hem of his garment, Jesus said, who touched me? It even shows here that there is something about that in the presence of God, when he would walk into a place, that there is free access to his power. There is power available for healing. He turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples looked around and said, there's, there's lots of people touching you, Jesus. You're in a, a place where there's crowds of people. But he knew that it wasn't just someone brushing past him. Because he smelt faith. 
He could smell faith around him. In the midst of many people who could touch him. And that action of faith, all of a sudden, the power left him. Let me tell you this morning, when Jesus walks around this place, and let me guarantee you he is in here this morning. We don't just sing about it. We don't just talk about it. Jesus Christ, by his spirit, is in this place today. That's why we meet together every week because we want to meet with him. We want to be with him. We want to be around him. We want to worship him. We want to talk about him. And when we lift Jesus high, he says he'll draw men to him. So let me guarantee you, he is here this morning. And if you've got a need, if you've got something that maybe you've been hiding, that you said, I don't even want to trouble anyone about my problem. Let me tell you this morning, God will touch you if you will only just react in faith and say, God, I know that I have reached the end of all I can do. Just like she had as so much money. And when she saw it go. Don't we, don't we remember the story when Peter and John go up to the temple. And they see the cripple. By the beautiful gate. Every time they'd walk past him to go up to the temple. Many people had seen him. It was just a normal thing to see. Maybe there's people in Cambridge you see that are beggars on the street that you know that if you walk past the same place, they'll be there. It was the same for this guy. And they knew that actually all he wanted was money for his problem. But what does it say when they went up to him and they received Jesus? When they knew in their spirits that they had power to draw upon. When they knew in their spirits that they received something that was above and beyond the natural. They said, silver and gold we don't have. But in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And I want to encourage you this morning, even though it says that she saw many doctors, we love doctors, don't we? We thank God for doctors. I love it when I can go to the, to the doctors, and I did this week, just because I needed, I got a chest infection and I needed some tablets to sort this out. And let me tell you, you can't, just because we believe a God of God of the impossible doesn't mean that you're never going to get ill. Peter's preached on this many times. We're not preaching that you should never be ill. That you shouldn't, if you're not, then your faith's not strong enough. Let me guarantee this morning that we will get ill. Paul was ill sometimes when he ministered on his journeys. And if we read the scriptures, it talks about him that he would take the medicine because he needed the oil to, to to keep him better while he ministered. But sometimes both of these things combined... Both of these things combined can produce something of healing. But God sometimes goes above and beyond. And he uses these things, even when we're using tablets and things to, to bring healing. God sometimes astounds us and takes us above and beyond that. So we thank God for doctors. And she'd spent all she had. But doesn't God, sometimes we think, why does suffering happen? We heard about this morning when, when uh, Adam was talking. We think, why does suffering happen? Why, do, why does God allow people to be ill? But I've always looked at this, and as hard as it is to, to, to come to terms with, that even though we think, why are people getting ill? God sometimes uses that for his glory to prove himself. Many of you might know the story of quite a few years ago now. My sister's little girl, when she was born, there was a second child 
And when she was born, I got a phone call the day, uh, that day. And we were at a prayer meeting, just coming to a prayer meeting that night here. And my, my sister sent a message or someone sent a message because she just was in a hospital to say that my sister's daughter had been born. But she'd been born and what's called a uterine rupture and come out of the womb for 15 minutes out of the womb with no oxygen. And the, and the people who had delivered the baby said that this baby, whatever happens, it will either be brain damaged or it's, it's critical she could die. And we began to pray. We began to lift this problem up to God because in the moment of my need, I thought, I can't do anything. What can I say? What can I do? I can't do anything to change this circumstance other than pray to God. And I phoned Peter up, I remember that day, and he came to meet me when in the process of this thing and they were waiting to see what would happen in this time of this critical time. And Peter met me when we were sat in our car praying, saying, God, deliver her. Turn this around so that when the result comes back, it will be different, totally different to what they've said it's going to be. They had marked it, they had said, it's one or the other. And I'll never forget the news when it came back that she is totally perfect. That there was never any brain damage. There was, she was totally fine and today she is a beautiful little girl. And every time, you know, when I go back home and I, and I, and I talk to him about this, she, co- uh, she comes up sometimes and her dad says to me, and dad says to the daughter, he says, tell Uncle Philip about your story about the miracle because she knows it was a miracle. And he tells a story to her sometimes on a, a, at night time and she knows that to be her own miracle. Because at the time, I even remember we went up to take a handkerchief, just like we read in, in the Word and we prayed over a handkerchief here and put that in the cot as well that she would not, no harm would come to her. And God proved himself. Just when I'd come to the end of, I thought, it's my sister, I can't do anything. It really proved my faith because I thought, I ain't, I ain't got anything, I can't do anything. And just sometimes it's, it's, it's the best times when God proves himself when we just feel so weak. So let me tell you this morning, if you're here this morning, you feel weak, you think, I can't. Get past this problem. God wants to go above and beyond your weakness. It says the power of God went out from him. And this morning, his power is there to draw from. The power of God was there. And she touched him. And it left. Amen. As they went on. And then they went to Jairus' house. To, the, to see the daughter. Because at this time he said, she's dying. When they got there, it says as they walked in and there was commotion around in that room. Wailing and commotion. They said, it's too late. She's dead. Just like the story of Lazarus. It's almost like sometimes he's got a bit too late. Let me tell you, his timing is perfect. It always is and it always will be. As much as you think, no it isn't. If it had just been a day before then, no. His timing is perfect. His ways are not our ways. And it's so good when he proves himself right at the very last second. The very last millisecond. And as, he, and as they walked into this room, the Jairus must have thought, that's it. I put my trust in Jesus and now I've got to the end of my religion and now I'm asking Jesus to come. 
I'm spent up. She's now dead. It's too late. And the people were laughing, it said. It says they were laughing. and said, there's no point going in. She's dead. And Jesus said differently. His view was a, a, a heavenly view. His view was not the same view. His ways were not our ways. Amen. And he said this. He said, she's not dead. She is not dead. She's just asleep. And they went into the room and the disciples went with him. And as he said the words, Talitha kum. Talitha kum. The little girl stepped up and walked. The first thing she needed was food. Amen. Let me remind you this morning that if you think that you have just missed the boat, just like with Lazarus, that it's that little bit too late and you are now spent up and all you're doing is running the motions of coming to church and saying, I believe in you, God. But really, I've got some issues and problems. Sometimes there's people, you know, who have come to terms with their illness and they don't even want to bother God anymore. I want to remind you this morning, Jesus says to you, you can come to him. You can come to him with anything. I don't care how big your problem is this morning. Because it's not me who has to solve the problem. I don't care what you're struggling with. In relation to whether I can answer your problem. Because I know Jesus can do everything. And I believe this morning God wants to do something special. Because we sang about it. God has something on his agenda this morning. And do you know what? Even if it's one person this morning who wants to touch, that is amazing. Because didn't Jesus always go after the one? Jesus cares. He cares this morning. And in this story, as we've read, there were two types of people. Two different scenarios in the midst of this who saw that if they just put their faith into action, sometimes you could have traveled to church in the car, but the last few steps to the front can be the things that is your action of faith. I know at times in my life, you can become so familiar with church and altar calls that you sometimes think, I've done enough altar calls, I've gone out to the front enough times, I don't need that anymore. I don't need to come to the front. I don't need to respond because if God wants to touch me, then he'll come to my seat and do it. And do you know sometimes Jesus does that and we've seen and witnessed people in meetings and Peter has when he's preached around the world that people began to get healed in their seats. So it's not about just who touches them and who prays over them because I believe God can do that this morning. But sometimes in our hearts and I can even vouch for this myself, I can get so familiar with going out to the front and responding to him that I just think, I don't need to. God can come to me if he wants to come. And what's the difference in this story is this, that the woman with the issue of blood said, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to stand here and wait. I have just seen and witnessed someone who believes that their daughter could be healed from dying. If she can be healed, then so can I. And with all the pain it must have had for her to press through the crowd. And I believe you and me, she must have been in pain. If she'd spent up on her medication, on the money that she had spent, she must have been in a lot of pain. And it must have been a real challenge for her to press through that crowd. 
It wasn't just something like, oh, I think I'm just going to push through a few people. Let me tell you, the word of God here talks about her. She must have been in pain. That was a big thing for her. And when she did, I love it when he responds because he didn't even turn and speak to her. Automatically, something happens in the heavenlies when your faith is coming to action. Automatically, it just happens that God, for some reason, can't help himself, but his power goes from him. It just leaves him. And let me tell you, when it leaves him, it doesn't mean there's none left. It just keeps on flowing. Keeps on flowing. And Jesus must have known something has just occurred. That's why he wanted to know who touched him. I want to encourage you this morning. If you're in that place, if you feel this morning there is something wrong, sickness in my body. Let's pray that God this morning is going to touch you. And heal you. Because we want 2011, we want you to start off being fit and well. To be focused on the kingdom of God. And we want you to not be worried about your sickness in your body. Sometimes difficult even for me today. Because I, don't, I have not been well now for nearly two weeks. But that doesn't, def- that, that doesn't make me but not believe any differently that God wants to touch people. Just because I'm feeling a little bit rough. Hallelujah.